Come have a seat in the scorned circle and hear the tale of the living Cantele as told by Casimir. Before we begin our tale, did you know that we release new stories for free every week on Wednesdays? Be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out when we release free bonus stories other days of the week. Never forget, visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current happenings. And to also visit our story archive, sorted by origin and region. Now then, this begins the tale of the living Cantele. Ring, ring, sing, sing. Listen to Kauko, the red-haired wizard, as he plays on his living Cantele. A widow had a son who lived with his mother. One day he said to her, I will go out into the world to earn money. But the mother said, Why would you go away? Buy yourself a gun and a dog and hunt in the wood. So he bought himself a gun and a dog and went into the wood. He wandered about the whole day, wandered about the wood, and found nothing. Vexed, he returned and said to his mother, You wanted me to buy a gun and a dog and I got nothing by it. His mother said, You must learn to hunt for many days. The next day, he went out again into the wood and shot nothing. He did not wish to go to the wood anymore, but his mother made him go. On the third day, the dog barked at a squirrel in a tree. He was just going to shoot it when the squirrel spoke. Do not shoot me, it said. I will come down. So he did not shoot it, and the squirrel crept down the pine tree, down, down, then leapt to the ground in front of the lad. He turned into a maiden, such a beautiful maiden that the lad could not keep his eyes off her. The maiden said, Because you have not shot me, I will be your bride. You are beautiful and please me, said he. But I do not dare do it. What would my mother say? Just take me to your mother, said she. And if she lets you, why marry me? If she does not, I will go back to the wood. So he took her home, and the maiden stayed in the courtyard, while the lad went in and said to his mother, There is such a lovely and good maiden that I want for my bride, if you will say yes. So his mother gave her permission, and he took the maiden for his bride. She was most beautiful, and they lived happily together. Now, the emperor's son had been searching three whole years for a bride, but he could not find one that pleased him. When he saw the lad's bride, he wanted very much to have her for his own. Then he thought, Well, I cannot take her from a living husband. Then he went to the lad's house and said, Tonight you must build me over yon rapids a golden bridge with silver railings. The lad was troubled and went to his wife. She asked, Why are you so sad? Tonight I must build for the emperor's son a golden bridge with silver railings. Lie down and go to sleep, said his wife. We will think it over tonight. After she had thought about it, she gave her beloved a silken handkerchief, saying, Go now. Strike the water of the rapids with this cloth. Say at the same time, Tonight a golden bridge with silver railing shall stand here. Then he struck the water with the handkerchief and said this. He went to sleep and slept the night through. In the morning the bridge was finished. The emperor's son came and stared. Oh, it is much nicer than we had hoped. Then he set the lad another task. He said to him, in the garden there are buried three golden piglets. They must be found tonight. If you do not find them, I will cut off your head. Again, the lad went home with a troubled mind to his wife, and she asked, Why are you so sad? 
Tonight I must produce three golden piglets that are buried in the garden. Lie down and go to sleep. We will think it over tonight, how to get them. They slept the whole night through. The next morning she said, Go to the emperor's son. Take with you to the garden the highest general and a spade. In the midst of the garden stands an oak. Under it, dig a pit three fathoms deep. In it you will find the three piglets close to each other. That he did, and he found the three piglets close to each other. He lifted them out. There they are. After that, he went back to his house and his wife. The emperor's son, however, was very much provoked, and he set him another task. Now you must procure for me a living cantelli that plays by itself. If you do not get just such a cantelli, then I will cut off your head. Again the lad went troubled to his wife, and she asked, Why are you so sad? I must procure a cantelli, a living cantelli that plays by itself. Then answered his wife, Go to the emperor, demand of him his three highest generals, then come back to me, that I may send you where you will procure the living cantelli, said his wife. Soon he came back to his wife with the generals. She gave her beloved another silken handkerchief and a blue ball of thread. Then she charged him to demand of the emperor three months and a day in which to fetch the cantelli, and the emperor gave him this respite. Just as they were starting on their way, his wife said to him, In what direction I throw this ball, follow it. Then you shall find the self-playing cantelli. After you leave here, show this handkerchief at two places, but do not show it a third time till you are in the most dreadful of difficulties. They started out. The blue ball rolled and rolled before him, and the three generals and the son of the widow followed it. They traveled on and came to a little hut that was covered with earth like a charcoal burner's hut. They went inside, and there was an old woman sitting in a rocking chair. She said, Oh, for thirty years I have not smelled a human being. Now here comes a roast for my supper. But the lad said, What? You are my aunt. Would you eat us for supper? Then he fetched his silken handkerchief out of his pocket and wiped his face with it. At that she muttered, Ah, that is my son-in-law, the husband of my daughter. Then he must have something to eat and drink, and she did not know how to treat him well enough. That night they stayed there, and the next morning they started out. The ball ran before them along the highway. Again they came to a hut that looked like a charcoal burner's hut. The blue ball ran into the hut. There sat an old woman in a rocking chair, just like the first, only older. Oh-ho! For sixty years I have not smelled a human being. Now here comes a roast for my supper. What? Will you eat me, a traveler? You who are my aunt? He again took out a handkerchief and wiped his face. Aha! said she. That is my nephew, the husband of my niece. He was entertained and stayed the night there. They all got fine food and drink. When morning dawned, the blue ball rolled again before them along the highway. It ran and it ran. Then it came to a third hut like the others. They went in, and there sat a yet older woman in a rocking chair. She spoke. Oh, ho, for ninety years I've smelled no human beings. Now I'm getting something for supper. The lad said, Why would you eat us, who are travelers? The flesh of a traveler is like gristle, and the soup of him tastes like wash water. Then they ate and drank out of their own knapsack, and the son of the widow spoke. We are searching for a living cantelli. Who can make us one? The old woman answered, 
Ha! My boys can make it, but they are in the forest, and they will not come home till twilight. Oh, well, if they are coming, why, we will wait for them. They waited the whole evening till it was dark. Then three wolves sprang into the hut, leapt over the raptors, and jumped from the dresser and turned themselves into three handsome young men. They began to make the living cantele, and they told one of the generals to hold the pine board. If you fall asleep, they said, it will not go well with you. Then they worked on the cantele. The general held the board, fell asleep, and snored. As he slept, they turned themselves into wolves, gobbled him up for their supper, and ran out into the forest. The old woman said, they will not come home again till the evening. The lad waited till evening. As it was growing dark, again the three wolves sprang into the hut, leapt from the dresser, and became men. Again they began to work on the cantele, and told the second general to hold the board. If you sleep, something will happen, as you saw by the other one. The general held the pine board, fell asleep, and snored. The young men turned themselves again into wolves, gobbled him up for their supper, and ran howling into the forest. They will not come home before evening, said the old woman. All right, when they come, the cantele must be finished. They spent all the day walking in the forest, and evening came again. Once more, the three wolves sprang into the hut, leapt from the dresser, and turned themselves into men. Now must the last general hold the board, they said to him. Do not you dare sleep. If you sleep, nothing good will happen. He held the board, held it, and was a little bit sleepy. He tried hard not to fall asleep, but soon he was snoring. Immediately the young men turned themselves into wolves and gobbled the last general. The lad was alone with the old woman. They will not come back again before the evening. All right, when they come, the cantele must be finished. Twilight fell. Came the wolves, leapt from the dresser, and changed into men. They began to work on the living cantele. And it was the son of the widow who must hold the board this time. He held it and held it, became tired, and the young man poked him in the side. What, are you asleep? No, I am not asleep. I am wondering whether there is more dry than fresh wood in the forest. Then they changed themselves into wolves. Wait, we will count and see whether there is more dry or more fresh wood in the forest. There they counted the whole day, through till the evening. Then again they sprang over the rafters, down from the dresser, and became men. They worked at the cantele, and the lad held the board. He held it and held it, and grew sleepy. Then he took out the silken handkerchief and wiped his eyes. The woman saw it. Ah, said she, that is the husband of my niece. Why did you not tell me before? The cantele would have been finished long ago. Then she entertained him. While she was preparing the food, the young man finished the cantele. When the cantele was all ready, their mother said to the young man, Turn yourselves back into wolves. Take him on your backs and carry him home as quickly as you can before the emperor's son steals his bride. Then they took him on their backs, and he rode with the most terrible swiftness. Already the emperor's son had carried off the bride to his house, and was going to hold the wedding. The lad threw the living cantele down before him. Here is the cantele. Why did you take my bride away before my promised time was up? And he rescued his bride from the emperor's son, and brought her to his mother and they are living there to this very day. 
And that is the tale of the Living Cantelle. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our Patreon page to learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. We appreciate even the smallest of contributions, as they allow us to continue to release new stories every week for free on Wednesdays, and also provide bonus stories for your listening pleasure. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. It means the world to us. Visit us at thescaldcircle.com to view our story archive, sorted by origin and region, and to stay up to date with all of our current developments. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.